Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for my podcast. Uh, If I could take a minute, I want to put a date, and this is right after the first of the year. It's January 25th. We will be doing our roundtable in Plano, Texas. Now, every year I do a roundtable, and it's totally new material. Doesn't involve anything that I've covered last year. It's brand, brand new. One of the things that you know about leadership that I believe being in the room is the best way to develop leadership. I know people say, hey, can I just get, uh, you know, the audio? But getting an audio gives you information. But being in the room creates transformation. So that's January 25th. I want to remind you also that we have some uh, leadership videos that churches and organizations all over the nation are using. And they're a tremendous tool to raise up leaders. And as you begin the new year, you need to make sure you have a leadership plan. I think that this will help you. Today, I want to talk to you about leadership expectations, leadership expectations. Let me just start by giving you the dividing line. If you expect more of others than they do of themselves, what you're looking at is a follower. So people who expect more of others than they do themselves, they are followers. But if you expect more of yourself than you do of others, then you have made that transition into leadership. So I want you to get it. When people expect more of others than they do of themselves, you can write it down. They're a follower. But when you expect more of yourself than you do of others, you have become a leader. One of the things that we're told in psychology is that there is a distance measurement. And the distance measurement is the distance between expectation and reality. So people go into marriage with certain expectations. Then after a few years, they are forced to deal with the reality. People become parents with certain expectations. And then after a few years, they deal with the reality. Other people go into a job with certain expectations. After a few months, they deal with reality. That distance between expectation and reality is what we call disappointment. So the higher your expectations and the more intense the reality, the greater the disappointment. And so what leaders have learned to do is they've learned to have high expectations and yet live in a way that they do not carry the load of constant disappointment. And I know that that sounds really, really challenging, but let me give you an example. Admiral Jim Stocksdale, he was the highest ranking POW during the Vietnam War. Um, The man was revered by all the POWs. They looked at him. Many of them would say it was his insight that caused them to survive. Now, one of the things that Admiral Jim Stocksdale proposed was a thing called realistic optimism. Realistic optimism. And the way he would describe it is this. He would say sometimes a new POW would get brought into uh, Hanoi Hilton. 
And, and they had not been a captive long. And immediately they would start saying, hey, we'll be out by Christmas or we'll be out by summer. And they would start putting a date or a deadline on when they were getting out. He would look at them and he would say, don't do that. You have nothing that tells you that we'll be out by Christmas. You have nothing that tells you that we will be out by summer. He said, realistic optimism is this, we are going to get out. But he said, without fail, there'd be the few that were always date setting. And he said, those were the ones who became literally uh, in despair and disappointment, and it would overwhelm them. And he said, those that we could not get to adjust back to a realistic optimism. Yes, you're here. Yes, you are going to get out. He said those were the ones that ended up uh, having the most adverse effects during captivity. So what leaders have learned is to have realistic optimism. They have this expectation things are going to get better. It may be a struggle. Uh, Things are going to happen and they're going to improve. It may be a challenge. Things are going to create results, but we may have to work through some issues. They have realistic optimism. So one of the things that you know about leaders is this. When you put them in a room with the average person, they exceed expectations. They exceed expectations. Now, what causes someone to exceed expectation? Really, it focuses on three things that they do, three things within their control that allowed them to exceed expectations. So these are controllables. These are items that are within the domain of the individual at any moment, at any time. They can do it and they can make it happen. And here's what it refers to, exceeding expectations They do more than is expected. See, someone who exceeds expectation does more than what was expected. So maybe you're in an entry level and job and you are walking into a position. These are the expectations, they say. Well, that's great. Be a leader and do more than expected. Don't just do what you're asked to do. Do the things that fulfill what you're asked to do, but do more than what you're asked to do. Another thing about leaders is they exceed expectations because they do it longer than expected. They do it longer than expected. See, right now I'm in my uh, 46th year of doing what I do. I'm in my 41st year of of overseeing and being a part of a dynamic organization. The truth of the matter is, is there aren't many people that have lasted as long as I have. And a part of the reason is because what we do is challenging as a leader. It has emotional connotations to it. It has mental stresses to it, and it has physical demands on it. Yes, even my job has physical demands. But if you're going to lead, you're going to do more than expected, but you're going to do it longer than expected. But then ultimately, you're going to do it better than expected. 
So you're not only going to do more than expected of you, you're not only going to do it longer than expected of you, but you're going to do it better than what was expected of you. Now, everything that I've given you, the fact that if you expect more of others than you do yourself, you're a follower. If you expect more of yourself than you do of others, you're a leader. If you begin to manage that distance between expectations and reality, then you can exceed expectations and you do more than expected. You do it longer than expected and you do it better than expected. But how do you do it? What are the skills? What are the things that puts you in the arena where you are going to excel and be able to do that. Let me give you five things, five things that help you to lead with expectations that you're going to lead better, longer, and you are going to lead with greater expectations than anyone puts on you. So let me give you five things. Number one is this, accepting responsibility. No one exceeds expectations by accident. No one does. You have to be willing to accept responsibility. And here's one of the dichotomies in thought. There are people who think maturity is about age. But I know some old people who are really, really dumb. If age were what created the opportunity for maturity, they would have excelled. But I see a lot of old people who have no maturity about them. And the reason being maturity isn't an age issue. It's a responsibility issue. Let me illustrate it this way. In my job as a pastor, I get asked this question. When is someone old enough to date? When is someone old enough to date? And everyone's looking for an age. And my answer has nothing to do with age. Here's my answer. You're old enough to date when you do not play games with other people's emotions. You're old enough to date when you do not play games with other people's emotions. Do you get it? See, there are people that are 70 that shouldn't be dating because they play games with everyone's emotions. But if you're going to interact with people, you've got to value their emotions like you value your emotions. You have to accept responsibility. You don't play games. Well, that's just one illustration. The Apostle Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 11. He says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. He says, and when I became a man, I put away childish things. What was he saying? There are ways that you think when you're immature that you do not think when you are mature. And the thing that distinguishes immaturity from maturity is if you'll accept responsibility. Will I be responsible for me? Will I take responsibility for what I do? 
Will I live within that realm of responsibility? Will I do that? 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Will I accept responsibility? Will I accept responsibility to be the best I can be and to be that best every day? Will I accept the responsibility of showing up and accomplishing everything that is before me? Do I accept responsibility? Next principle. Be confident in who God has made you to be. Be confident in who God has made you to be. If if you're going to exceed expectations, you're going to have to eliminate the identity crisis. Well, am I this or am I this? Well, I'm this or I'm that. You have to eliminate that. When John the Baptist was asked by some Pharisees, who are you? He could have answered his natural genealogy and he could have said this, I'm Elizabeth and Zacharias's son. Everybody knew that's who he was, but he answered differently. He said, I am a voice crying in the wilderness. What did he answer? He answered who God said he was. And if you're going to be a confident leader, you've resolved the identity issue. You have resolved the fact of all the insecurities and and all the ups and downs and disappointments, and you have resolved the fact that you are who God says you are, and you can do what God says you can do. When, when people come forward after raising their hand in our church and they come to the altar, we give them a book, and that book I think should be required reading for every, every Christian. And in that book, it is 134 verses that describe who God made you to be. See, when you know who God made you to be, you'll quit trying to be someone other than that. And you won't let other people tempt you to be what they want you to be. Be confident in who God has made you to be. Figure out whose God's made you to be, then do what God's made you to do. People want to follow a confident leader, somebody who has confidence. How do you get it? You resolve your identity and you come back to what Paul said. It's in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. It's going back to the book of Colossians. My life is hid in Christ. You want to figure out who you are? Figure out who Christ is because you are who he says you are. So accept responsibility. Be confident in who God's made you to be. Number three, master the visual. Master the visual. We all know that when you go to a movie theater, those of you that still go to movie theaters, uh, that you watch a movie and they have all these visual effects and, and they are just jaw dropping visual effects. And you're thinking, how did they do that? Well, in your life, you need to master the visual. And what that means is first Timothy chapter four and verse 12, be thou an example. Be an example. Be an example. See, 
People do what they see. They do not do what they hear. People are going to watch you before they listen to you. And when they watch you, they are going to emulate you. You have to master the visual. You are being watched. So be someone who's worth watching. You are being watched. So just master who you are. So if someone's looking at you, let them see an example of what a leader is. A leader who's not selfish. A leader who is looking out and helping others. A leader who on their worst day will still help people whose day's worse than theirs. Master the visual. Be an example. I use this illustration in roundtables. My son, when he was playing baseball, one of the things that I would do is he was being coached and his hitting coach was talking to him. I would literally hear him, you need to position your hands here because sometimes hands can drift out. Sometimes they can drift back, but you want to position your hands correctly to fire them to the ball. One day, Cody is is hearing his hitting coach but he's not getting it. He's repeated himself multiple times. What the hitting coach does is he looks over at the cage next. There was an older young man and he was a more mature hitter, but the coach said, look at him. And that boy just threw his hands through the ball in explosive fashion. Everything was just perfect. And then the coach said, Cody, do what he did. Do you know what happened? Cody did what he did. Why? Cody could see it clearer than he could hear it. People see you clearer than they will ever listen to you. Be an example. Number four, character is better than reputation. Character is better than reputation. See, reputation is who people say you are. Character is who you really are. The leadership journey is internal before it's external. It's private before it's public. It's on the inside before it's ever on the outside. And it never stops being that. We are always a work in progress where our hearts are being challenged. It's Psalms 19, where it says in there, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God. Character is better than reputation. I've I've met a lot of people who had these glowing reputations, and then you met them, and you found out that they lack character. Eventually, you will live down to your character or up to it. And so who you are, Versus who you think you are. So if you're going to lead beyond expectations, accept responsibility. Be confident in who God's made you to be. Master the visual. Be an example. And remember that character is better than reputation. The fifth one, care. Be committed to help others. Be committed to help others. In your life and my life. It is the commitment to help others that is the resounding 
testimony of who we are. One day when I die and one day when you die, if Jesus doesn't come back, people are going to tell stories. Some of them will be funny. Some of them will be heartbreaking. But most of the stories should be about you caring for others. Who you helped when you didn't have to help. How you helped when no one else would help. See, the Good Samaritan is famous because he helped when no one else would help. He cared. And in your life and my life, caring is our lasting legacy. Care for the lost. Care for the hurting. Care for the marginalized. Work at caring. And don't stop caring. Don't think that because you've cared at one point in your life, that that somehow is fulfilling you caring for the rest of your life. Care for those who are hurting. Care for those that are struggling. Care for those that others do not care for. So if you're going to lead beyond expectations, accept responsibility. Be confident in who God's made you to be. Master the visual. Be an example. Remember, character is better than reputation and care and never quit caring. You'll lead and you will meet every leadership expectation that's put before you. If you do those and then you put them on repeat and you do them again and again and again and again. I want to remind you on January 25th, Plano, Texas will be doing our first roundtable. You can go to my webpage and you can sign up. I'm excited about the content. I'm excited about the information. I think it'll be a blessing to you, and I think that it'll be transformational. Is the information going to be good to listen to? Yes. But in the room, we're not going to inform you. We're going to transform you. So please get in the room. And then remember that you're not going to lead beyond the leaders around you. You're limited in time. You're limited in talent. So you've got to create more time by having more leaders and more talent by having more leaders. We have leadership videos that I think could help you in your journey. And then for a couple of them, it's high scrutiny. We now will have three leadership schools around the nation besides the one that we have here. If you think you've got it to be able to do that, call our office and let them know that you're interested. And we'll give you the information and then we'll do the analysis. Because what I know is whether a church is 10 people or 10,000, whether an organization does $1,000 a month, or a billion dollars a year. We all need leaders. And if there's not a plan for leaders, there will not be leaders. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.